Welcome to Believe Right, the weekly radio ministry of Apostle Joe Perosic and Pastor Rena Perosic, originating from MFC Ministries in Morgantown, West Virginia, USA. Thank you for joining us as we look into the anointed Word of God and learn how it applies to our lives today. Jesus is alive and is healing, blessing, delivering, and changing lives, all through placing faith in Him, taking in God's Word, and beginning to believe right for all areas of our lives. Now, here's this week's broadcast. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Thank you, Jesus. We're still talking about in Him. Uh, when I say in Him, in Christ. And uh, I've, I've learned over the years that there's two, there's two ways to look at things, you know. You can see things as a son or a daughter, or, or really you can see things as a slave and not know it. That a slave doesn't really know the master, if you know what I mean. The slave doesn't really know. It just knows what it's going to get to do and what not to do. But we're, we're to know God as sons and daughters. I've said that so many times because it ta- I think it takes a while to get to know that. I wish I could tell you that you could figure out what it is to be a son or a daughter right away. But I, in my, maybe you are faster than me. It's taken me a long time and I know I'm not there yet. Uh, what it is to actually be a joint heir with Jesus. You know, literally a joint heir. What God did for Jesus, he'll do for you. And that, that could give you a headache if you... We say it, but the reality of it. You know, I always say the same things. It's all right to have faith that God's going to heal you someday, but when you box it down today to today, all of a sudden it's a challenge. You know, I mean, God's, you know, it's easy to say God's going to heal me. God's healing me. He's going to heal me. Well, that's out in the future. That's really hope. That's not faith. Faith says now he's going to heal me. So when you breathe things into the now, you challenge your theology. Uh, I had an old friend of mine. Uh, he, was, he, he wasn't saved, but he said, I think I'm trying to quote him the way he said it. He says, you know, everybody believes they're going to heaven, but I asked him, do you want to go today? You know, he was kind of half making fun of Christianity, but I got his point. Everybody's talking about heaven, but when it came into you want to go right now, everything changes, you know. So it's funny how things stick with you like that for years, but it, I, it did stick. Uh, you know, God uses a lot of people to shape you. I was yesterday when I was praying. I was thanking God for all the bosses I had, every one of them, and how good they were for me. And I realized some of them, you know, they'd be declared edgy today. You know, they wouldn't be allowed to talk to you the way they did because there's so many rights now. And, and their language wasn't always the, the, what you call you'd be usable now, but you know, they were so good for me. They were so good for me. I am so grateful to God for the arrangement of men that he put in my life uh, to teach me things. And I, I'm, still, I'm making it publicly. I'm still grateful. I was thinking about writing them letters, you know, telling them how grateful I am for the, for the input. You know, you can't get it all from one anyway. You, 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 you have multiple teachers. You just don't, you don't have many fathers. Fathers see things different. But God puts a lot of people in your life to help you learn things. And, and I'm grateful for all of them. Acts 17, 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also of his offspring. Well, don't you think it's great? Paul, you've got to admit, Paul was very articulate and he really could communicate. He's quoting poets from the local place 
to get his point across. I just, I love the way Paul used his resources to preach the gospel. He, he's funny, he, he knew so much, yet he never compromised his message, but he used every resource he could to get it done. That's how I know Paul today would use the internet and TV and radio and anything of anything, anything that would work to get the gospel preached, Paul would use it, so would Jesus. He's quoting poets now, you know, that tells you how he, he really wanted to get his point across. Anyway, the, the poets were, he said that we are offspring. Isn't it interesting? Those people understood what it was to be offspring. Offspring indicates children, right? We're his offspring. Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. That would give you a number, which we don't know what number we are. You know, you could be the, you know, the 299th million person that got born again or whatever. But the point is, Jesus was the first one, right? Amen. So... He's the firstborn of many. We are the many. So we are, Jesus is our savior, but he's also our brother. Now that could stretch you some, but the scripture says he's your brother. Amen. He even said, I was wounded in the house of my brethren. So Jesus sees us as brothers. So in our mind, you know, that would refer to us. When we get born again, we got to approach God as a son and a daughter, not as a sinner and a failure. Not of what you're not, but of who you are. Because in God's mind, no matter where your geography is, if you're a son, you're a son. The prodigal son proved that. His dad waited at the edge of the property, you could say, and waited on his son to return. He didn't say he wasn't a son because he was in the pig pen. He was still a son in the pig pen, so obviously he's still a son no matter where he is, right? Some of them are in jail, some of them are in the into drugs, some of them are in a lot of, everybody's in a lot of different places, but they're all still sons and daughters. There's a lot of times you don't really like where your kids are, but they're still your kids. Amen? Here, let's turn to Romans chapter eight. I'm gonna just stick that in there because I want to. You know how you see a scripture that you think of and you just think you need to put it in there. Eight eleven. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. Obviously, that's the resurrection, but I also believe there's an element of life that comes out of your spirit to, to keep you healthy. I, I believe your health comes from the inside out, always have. Always have. Uh, you've got to be careful what you put in your spirit, what you put in, you know, if you want a healthy body, you've got to put the right thing in it, right? Therefore, brethren, brethren, lateral relationship, right? We are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. And that, you know, obviously that could spill over. Let's just take that in the natural so it's a visible thing for you. If you eat wrong things, you will die. If you can't control your appetite and you live after whatever your flesh wants to do, you're gonna affect your health and your body, right? You just can't do anything you wanna do. That's just a, a mirror. Uh, but if you live through the spirit, you do mortify the deeds of the, of the body. You shall live. That's where I get the idea. If you can tell yourself what to do, you're really doing good. If you could mortify yourself, you could say. If you could tell yourself what to do, that means you could tell yourself not to eat all the foods that, that make you weigh more than you want to. That means you could tell yourself to eat all the, not to eat the foods that raise your blood pressure or lower your blood. Do you realize what it is to be able to, do you realize what a victory it is to be able to tell your body what it's going to do? 
I always say Brother Copeland had the best illustration I ever heard. He was fasting and he said his body was giving him tr trouble and he told it shut up or it was not going to get any more to eat for longer. <laughs> I mean, it sounds funny, but that was the whole point. If you don't listen, I'm going to starve you some more till, you're, till you get under. And you guys know this. When we do our 21-day fast in January, tell me you don't have more control over yourself at the end of that 21 days. It's remarkable what you can tell yourself to do when fasting is, is a part of your life. That's why they tell you to live a fasted life. I think we think it's not eating, and I think it's being able to tell yourself when to eat and what to eat. You know what I mean? I think being, having dominion. But anyway, so as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God. So your identity as a son will determine what you think God's going to give you. If you still have the old mindset that you're no good, you're going to hope he gives you something good. And see, this performance Christianity, where you think you can perform to get something to do, God to do something for, for you, excuse me, is in there with the slot machine mentality. You know, if you stick money in the offering, you should get a jackpot, right? I mean, or if you do this, God's going to do that. Now, I realize there's an element of that, but it's not mechanical. It's out of your heart, right? Out of your heart, the mouth speaks. So your heart has to be wanting to do those things. Your heart really needs to correspond with your actions in the end. Like it really has to come out of your heart. That's why I always say that I say the same things a lot, but that's why I leave lots of room for people to tra transform. And, and, I'm, and I wait on them to transform. And if you were watching me, you would think I was letting people have bad behavior. But I know that if we don't get it from the inside out, we're not going to get it anyway. So why bother the other way? Please forgive me. If we're not going to get it the right way, why, why make a bunch of actors and performers anyhow? I'd rather know my enemies if they're beside me. If they're performers, I can't tell. Does that sound bad? If you're acting, I can't tell who you are. But if you're transparent, I might not know. You might not like some things you do, but I know where you stand. And I, I, I go back to the car business. I had mechanics that worked and fixed my cars. They were heathens. They weren't saved. They had all kinds of issues, but I always knew where I stood with them and I trusted them. So I did business with them. Why? Because I trusted them. Isn't that interesting how trust is such an important element of your, of your Christian character? And uh, it worked good. I mean, they trusted me. I trusted them and they were heathens, but we, I, we understood each other. Isn't that great? Might sound funny, but it's, it's, it's important to have that. Uh, Obviously, it's a, it's a major part of any relationship. So anyway, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again. Obviously, bondage is an enemy to fight then. That would mean he's picking this back up to tell him, now you've not received the spirit of bondage. You're supposed to be a free person. See, bondage will keep you from receiving because you don't know it's yours. You think of if you had a bad boss or even slavery, you know, the people that had to get over slavery. Or even uh, abuse from a, a partner or a mate. If you've been abused enough, you kind of wince, you know. You know, you wince when you're around them. You, you cringe because of the, their behavior. And after years of that habitual treatment, you wince when, when nobody's around except somebody else does the same thing and you wince. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, you, you're jumpy. And see, that needs purged out of your character. And that just takes time with God. He said, you not received a spirit of bondage to fear. That's a fear-based thing. 
But you have received the spirit of adoption, where we, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The, this whole thing is about becoming a son or a daughter. To as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, 1 John, or John 1.12. You, you have to have a spirit of a son or a daughter. When you approach a, a father, you're intimidated sometimes, but you also know that the very guy that you're intimidated by is the guy that's gonna save you from something that goes wrong. It's a, it's a two-part relationship. Apostle Joe Perosich and Pastor Rena Perosich pray that you have been blessed by this week's Believe Right broadcast. Chapter 14 and verse 6 from the book of John in God's Word tells us that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes unto God the Father by any other manner than through accepting, believing, and confessing that the shed blood of Jesus has cleansed them of their sins and that He truly is the risen Savior and Lord of their life. For more on the gospel message of Jesus Christ, you can log on to our website at www.believeright.tv. There you can listen to older radio broadcasts and view our weekly television broadcast, along with finding out more about Apostle Joe Perosich, Pastor Rena Perosich, and MFC Ministries. That website address again is www.believeright.tv. TV. If you wish to contact us for prayer or ministry information, you can call us in the U.S. at 001-304-292-7283 or write us at MFC Ministries, 300 Highland Avenue, Morgantown, West Virginia, 26505 USA. Join Apostle Joe Perosich and Pastor Rena Perosich again next week at this time here on this station for another time in God's Word, which, when applied to our lives, will enable us to believe right for every area of our lives. Have a blessed week in Jesus.